Hello and welcome to this new episode of the All New 52 podcast. I am Joe Schrimmer and across from me, out of your view, because yeah, I'm going to keep referencing it. There's no video anymore. I don't know when I'm going to stop saying that, but it's Caleb Bunn over yonder. I'm not sure if I know when, if I should speak because you used to not speak. Well, yeah, on the video, I just like would wave. Yeah. And you would talk over if I, like the first couple of times you've done this all audio, you <laughs> talked over me. So can I, can I speak, Joe? You can speak. You're Hello, allowed. everyone. <laughs> and we talk about comics on this podcast from comics of the old to comics of the new to, to comics of the uh, SJW Marvel era, the 2010s. Please never again. Please never <laughs> say those words ever again. <laughs> I mean, that's the stereotype, right? I mean, yeah, it definitely was. There were definitely people very mad about uh, female Thor and Miles Morales. Yeah, Miles Morales and uh, the person we're talking about today, Ms. Marvel. Yep, Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel in her inaugural run. Yeah, I think she made one appearance in Captain Marvel a year before, and then that was successful enough that launched her own series, which ran for a couple years before renumbering and you know relaunching. As they do. Yeah. This is a pretty famous comic of the more recent years. Uh, uh, I've seen this. I've seen the cover of this issue everywhere. Like, well, uh, well, I think there are a couple of things that go into that. One, it's a new hero. And even though she is a legacy hero, that really doesn't matter here. So it's, <laughs> it's legacy and name only. Yeah. So it's like very easy for a new reader to jump on. It's a kid. And so they were able to market this more towards teenagers and stuff, which comics have not done a great job of recently mm-hmm. well they've they've gotten better at it recently they definitely weren't doing that well in 2010 and also it was appealing to a different demographic because kamala khan is a pakistani american superhero who and we just don't see that in any other comic yeah uh i i know nothing about kamala khan other than uh, she was in that bad avengers game and people didn't like her in that. And uh, she has this book and she's getting a TV show. Did anyone like anyone in the Bad Avengers game, though? No, but people really didn't like Miss Marvel because she's the annoying character that's being inserted to. I mean, she's doing stereotypical to Kamala Khan things and fangirling. But yeah, yeah, you don't want to you don't want to necessarily play as that. <laughs> the Eisen character can definitely be kind of annoying. I think of like a Jubilee in oh, early <laughs> sometimes you know i like jubilee but sometimes it gets lost in adaptation so let's 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 do a little synopsizing of kamala yeah miss marvel was written by g willow wilson and drawn by adrian alfona but uh i think two i think the wolverine issues were written by it's like three of them it's yeah. before that and the wolverine issues yeah were drawn by jacob wyatt um and g willow wilson is not only the co-creator but also like the definitive writer for Miss Marvel, having written basically at least an issue in every single thing she's been in. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's like a it's like a when Bendis left Miles Morales and you're like, oh no, wait. <laughs> the one voice for this character is gone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, she's not gone yet, so we don't know. But keyword, keyword. Yeah, yeah. It'll it'll happen eventually. And it tells the story of Kamala Khan, who is a teenager growing up in New Jersey. Um, and she's dealing with the normal teenage stuff, overprotective parents trying to fit in, you know, dealing with uh, bullies at school and all that stuff. 
and she's also a huge fangirl for the Avengers, specifically Captain Marvel. One night, she sneaks out and goes to a party, and it just happens to be a party where the Inhumans decide to drop some Terrigen Mist on to New York. New Jersey. New Jersey, yeah. Uh, and she happens to have a little bit of Inhuman ancestry, so when the Terrigen Mist hits her, she gains superpowers, specifically stretchy, like shape-shifty powers and a healing factor. So she kind of goes into a coma, uh, hallucinates that the Avengers are talking to her, and comes out shape-shifted as uh, Captain Marvel, specifically when Captain Marvel was Miss Marvel. She saves some people, and then she kind of goes on an arc of self-discovery where she becomes more comfortable with herself as a superhero. She takes on a kind of low-level villain named the Inventor and teams up with Wolverine at one point. And then by the end of this, she uh, meets up with the Inhumans, but decides she's going to kind of go her own way um, of being New Jersey's superhero. Can I just say, I love that this new character that Marvel created is so popular and it is birthed from an Inhumans origin story when they were trying so hard to make that work. Yeah. I love uh, that this thing that they have completely abandoned at this point is now tied to the origin of one of their most popular characters of recent years. Yeah, it's definitely one of those weird like trivia facts that people will bring up uh, in the future, like how, oh, the black suit came from Secret Wars, mm-hmm. this event where only the name matters nowadays. Yeah, where it's like no one actually knows what went on in that because yeah. it was a toy commercial. Yeah, it'll be the same thing where it's like, did you know Miss Marvel's actually an inhuman? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> you mean like the the cameo in... Uh... <laughs> In Doctor Strange and Mom. <laughs> that original character they put into Doctor Strange. <laughs> but that's basically the story. Let's dive into the art. So, you said so yourself earlier. There's an artist change halfway through. Uh, like most artist changes, the change is not good. But the art before that, it's pretty all right. It's got its own identity. I wouldn't call it out, um, outstanding or amazing or anything like that. But, you know, it's good. It's not quite house style. It's got its uh, own flair to it. But yeah, it's good. And it's a shame when it leaves for a little bit. So what I like about the standard stuff, the stuff done by uh, Adrian Alfono, is the how big the panels are. The gutters are minuscule in this, almost non-existent. That's not something that stuck out to me before, but looking across the room at it now, yeah, the, there's no gutters. <laughs> yeah, and it just, I feel like it makes for these big images that can either, he can pack a lot of, information into the panel or he can just play with the scale of the panel which especially helps when your superhero can shrink down and you know scale up and stuff like that i think that's a lot of fun i also like how her shape-shifting is drawn it's very kind of weird and disconcerting but not like not horrifying it's not body horror but when she's still getting used to her powers and her limbs are just kind of splaying out everywhere. It's definitely very alien. I like the Jacob Wyatt stuff too. It is very different. He does this thing. I hate when fill-in artists come in where like, if it's a shot from the like character far away, they have dots for eyes and stuff. It's a really lazy way to draw stuff. I don't like, especially when it's a change from more detailed art. Well, and even now, like looking at the masks here, they are all white. Very little expression. And I can understand why this may turn people off. It's also, I'd say it's a slightly more flat color palette too, Mm -hmm. which 
kind of goes to the colorist, kind of goes to how the artist talks to the colorist, kind of goes to the lining on the characters as well. But for me, it worked because there's a shift in the story with Wolverine being introduced um, and kind of the first arc of the book wraps up right before this. So it worked for me, the transition did, but I probably still preferred the ongoing art. Yeah, it's like it's not necessarily bad art. I I just hate the art, the art art changes in the middle of a book. Like especially where it's something like this where it's where it's a monthly thing, like it's it's always always comes down to just a like I don't know. I feel I don't want to like I feel like we go all the way to slam editorial all the time, but I'm like edit, editorial put deadlines on your people. If like there's a clear falling behind of schedule to where like this has to happen for however many months but would you rather there be like deadlines that make for fill-in artists or issues just not come out on time? I mean, there, there can be a happy medium of both like plenty, plenty. I mean, there's plenty of books like uh doomsday clock that just like never ended for forever, which is also an editorial problem of fin- get them to finish the book. Yeah. I think there is, you know, you also don't know 2013. We don't know what always being put on the plate of this artist we don't know like what the demand for the book was we don't know what kind of weird event delays there were going on at marvel at the time so i i tend to give people the benefit of the doubt when it comes in and it can also be a fun like oh here's something different but i get where you're coming from it's it kind of works for this one since it is like a side story but it is weird just immediately following like the intro arc and then bam different yeah so let's, uh, this is your show. Why am I taking the four? Because uh, it's your comic and I feel like you have a lot more to say in general, not necessarily about uh, our positive section that we're going into. Yeah. What's a, what's a positive you have for Miss Marvel? Uh, the Wolverine arc is really fun. He comes in and I'm like, is it actually Wolverine? Because you've previously imagined the, uh, the, the Avengers being here. But no, it is. And he, he's, he's drawn a lot like how he looked in Wolverine and the X-Men at the time, which I appreciate. I just like that color scheme. And he has a good dynamic with Miss Marvel. Yeah. It's uh it's a fun little little romp. It's kind of a stereotype now, or a trope, I guess would be a better word, that he's good at mentoring teenage girls. He of course did with Kitty Pride, Jubilee. Um, but it I feel like that is a dynamic that is not obvious coming into it. So whenever I see it play out, it's a lot of fun. Uh and I definitely think that it plays well here. I also think that helps that her introduction into the wider Marvel world is not immediately going into the Inhumans. It's not immediately teaming up with Captain Marvel. Thank God it's not immediately going into the Inhumans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> I, I think I think having a still an A-list character like Wolverine, but not the obvious choice, really helps. Yeah, but when the Inhuman stuff does come in, it is fun to have Lockjaw around. Lockjaw is the best Inhuman. I can name three Inhumans and Lockjaw is one of them. I appreciate like the smaller stakes going on at first. Like she's, she's going to meet her friend at the convenience store he works at, but his little brother is holding up the store. And so then it becomes a big misunderstanding where Miss Marvel tries to take down the little brother. I appreciate a smaller scope story. You don't, you don't immediately throw a new hero who's like a kid into these like big situations. They, yeah. they do a very good job of starting small. And when it is like a bigger threat, 
still very small scale in the grand scheme of things. Everything here is very Spider-Man in the sense that, you know, high school character and the high school stuff definitely plays into this. The smaller street level stuff and, of course, her learning uh, she has a good sense of responsibility throughout, so it's not exactly a one to one with Spider Man, but figuring out how to be responsible as a hero. And I feel like that issue you were talking about, where she is having this misunderstanding that ultimately leads to more complications than are necessary, you do see her improve as a hero as mm-hmm. the book goes on. I really like her family dynamic here. She has an older brother who's like hyper religious, but you don't know how much of that is him just playing that up because he can't find a job, which is something that his dad thinks, which is a fun conflict there. I really related to these parents. They, they seemed very much like my own with like the dad who's like still firm, but you know, we'll listen to you and we'll talk things out. And the mom who's maybe a little hyperbolic and a little overprotective, but like, you know, she means well in the end of things. So I really like that dynamic too. I also think it's pretty unique to see a superhero with like a strong family connection because usually the family is killed off. Yeah. Or they're like missing a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, one, yeah. One specific familial member. Uh, Kamala is a pretty all right character. I don't think she has a lot of strong characterization. There's about like three or four traits that she has, but I do think she is fun. I think three or four traits is a lot more than you get with a lot of characters here on You're not wrong. You know, I'm not in love with her yet. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people seem to just be in love with this character. And, you know, 11 issues definitely isn't enough time for me to really like someone. But actually, I'll take that back. I think 11 issues is enough time to really get you drawn into a character. That's, That's almost a year's worth of comics. I think that's enough time to make you fall in love with the character. So... Well, but you, know, I, you know what they've given with me, Kamala. What they've given me with Kamala is enough to get me interested in her. Yeah, I mean, she's stuck around pretty prominently for about ten years now, mm-hmm. so I definitely think there's a hook here, and I have that personally. I I think Kamala is a very interesting character. I like while it's kind of tropey having the fangirl character interact with the rest of the universe now, or fan guy character. At 2013, that was still kind of a new idea, and so it was fun and endearing and obviously a good jumping-on point for kids who are coming in from the MCU. I think that's something that's really smart, but I also think there's just a lot of very specific things that Wilson is taking from her own experience and bringing in here. Even just being in New Jersey, like Jersey City feels weirdly specific, and when I looked it up, guess where Wilson's from? Jersey. Jersey City. (laughs) Hey, Stanley, you're right what you know. Yeah, and like it works. Um, it works especially because name one other superhero from Jersey. Well, yeah, I think it especially works because she is much farther removed than the rest of Marvel proper. So mm-hmm. it gives her a little more time to step out on her own. Yeah. Which I do think is a problem when you immediately throw Wolverine into her first like outing aside from her origin. But, you know, get an A-lister there to sell more when you, you can have covers with an A-lister on there. Yeah. Um, I really like how her religion is used in this. I think it's it's balanced really well where it doesn't feel um it doesn't feel mandated or forced in. It feels very authentic to the character. And it's complicated, right? Like her relationship with the religious structure also kind of reflects the complicated relationship with her parents, which is something that, you know, it's not all cut and dry. Um, to use another example. 
the uh, we're watching Young Justice season four right now. (laughs) There is that great uh, moment uh, where Dr. Fate just goes, my Catholic faith has meant a lot to me. That episode. That's also the episode where they just have uh, Violet like get explained. Oh, uh, that's that's a different one. But that one's also bad. Where it's just like whenever religion five minutes stopping point of just like, here's what Islam is. What? What? Mm. Okay, I'm gonna have to stop about the young justice. No, thing. no, no, just go, just okay. go. We're already on it. What What's so frustrating about what they do with Violet later in the season, and then also that thing with Doctor Fate is that, or specifically, I guess Zatara is that they also have. I'm forgetting the character's name, but he's the young Doctor Fate who took over in Young Justice Dark mm-hmm. recently. He explains his faith in that same episode but like really well in a way that's relevant to the episode and then they just like let's put in some wikipedia definitions in here let's retcon this character to have a deeply meaningful faith that has not come up in three other seasons like i feel like that oftentimes can be what happens with characters even like characters i love like nightcrawler but here i feel like it is actually tied into her growth as a as a teenager, as a hero, it all feels very authentic. I like, uh, I think there's some fun humor in this. It's just very goofy. Uh, the inventor is a, he's a clone of Thomas Jefferson, but he has Thomas a, Edison, Thomas Edison, <laughs> <It's> even, <laughs> but he has a bird head for some reason. A cockatrice head. Yeah. I don't know if the inventor's from something else, but like, that's a very fun, like 60s Batman villain type thing to have. So I, I like the that this book does not take itself seriously. Yeah, that's a that's a plus. I mean, you have a character with like very visually goofy powers. I think you need an atmosphere to match it. She shapes of shape shifts into a couch at one point. Yeah, like, <laughs> that part's good. That's the beginning of the art change, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, like the art chain works in in like that sense. I don't really know if the more detailed art would work for the couch shape shifting. True. Um, that's, that's the majority of my positives overall. I think the listeners can tell I'm, I'm a fan of this. Yeah. Um, it's all right. Like, it, I don't, I don't have like too many big negatives. They're, they're less negatives and more like stuff. I feel like are missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't have a problem with legacy characters. I think, especially on the Marvel side of things, they're really overdone in the sense that they don't want to give up their old characters, but they also want to introduce new characters. But it seems like there's a hesitation to give them their own identity. So they're just, they just get other people's names. I, I, I really don't like car- heroes running around with the same name is one of my main things. That being said, Captain Marvel's not was not a popular character when this came out. Also, different name. It is Miss Marvel. It's I find it a little weird that she just takes the name after that. Or like there isn't a there isn't a whole thing of, well, what am I gonna be here or anything? No, she's just Miss Marvel all of a sudden. And I feel like it it kind of is a missed opportunity. I don't know if she I'm assuming she meets Carol Lambers. That's her name, right? Yeah. I'm assuming she meets Carol Danvers at some point down the line. I feel like the end of this like whole 11 issue thing, maybe after she's taken down the Thomas at the inventor uh, would be a good time for that meeting to happen. Uh, like I said, it's not really a complaint or it's not really a negative, but I it's just like my own personal taste kind of 
stopping me from fully enjoying this like fun new adventure. That's also just a problem with the Captain Marvel name and that it's been like five different people. <laughs> yes, but there have only been two Miss Marvels and Miss Marvel was going to be a name that remained dead, right? Like Miss Marvel came from a time in like once there was Monica Rambeau, once there was a Captain Marvel, there was no need to have a Miss Marvel anymore. It was just a matter of time before Carol Danvers took on the name of Captain Marvel. Which wasn't that long ago, like no. at this point when this had come out. No, but this is this is a character who doesn't appear that often. Yeah. Or at least didn't used to. So I think I, d- I don't have a problem with the name thing. I also like that there are two Wolverines right now and that there are two Hawkeyes. I think hey, that's funny. Two Spider-Mans. I hate it all. <laughs> I hate it. Um, it works for me, uh, especially with this idea of like, a street level person, maybe with one of the ones where it's like gender swapped, they'd figure out that there are two different Wolverines, but you see two Spider-Man flying around and it's just like, oh, it's Spider-Man. He changes his outfit like every two months. How am I supposed to keep up with which is which my big negative here? And it's, it's no surprise. We've already ragged on it. The inhuman stuff, the inhumans. <laughs> okay. The inhumans inherently is not a bad idea. It's just a less interesting version of mutants, but it's not a bad idea. However, the way Marvel was forcing it into everything at the time, and especially with how it related to the mutants, I don't see any reason why I should ever have gotten invested in the Inhumans from this or from like Inhumans versus X-Men or anything like that. Every time the Inhumans pop up, I'm just like, you're a bunch of bad people. With one good boy. There's no reason for you to get invested in the Inhumans in this. They show up after she's already gotten her powers, and they don't explain how she got her powers in this, do they? Yeah, yeah, they do. They say, like, you have Inhuman legacy, and the Terrigen Mist unlocked your inheritance. Oh, okay, I thought it just happens, and I'm like, oh, wait, I know what this is. This is when they were trying to, this is when they were doing the reverse House of X, or not House of X, uh, House of M. House of M. Yeah, this yeah. is when they you're doing your reverse House of M thing and just like putting more in humans everywhere instead of taking the mutants away. It's just, it's one of those things where it's like if no, I don't see any way of defending the Inhumans. The Inhumans are <laughs> uninteresting bad characters. Uh, that if you're a big Inhumans fan, I'd love for you to reach out and explain to me why I'm wrong because admittedly, I have not read solo Inhuman stuff because I do not like their inclusion in other areas of Marvel. Even here, where it's like they're only in like two issues, but they're in two issues that are like that could be page space where we explore more of the family dynamic, where we bring back more of the high school cast or something like that, where we make Miss Marvel stand out on her own. But no, we have to waste time with her going to their secret city in the Hudson River. Why? (laughs) Because in humans, we got a TV show to cross promote. That being said, Lockjaw is a very good boy. I'm trying to think of anything else I have. I really don't have like any strong feelings towards this book. It's it's kind of my thing of all the popular Marvel books of this of this Marvel Now era that are kind of like heralded as this era where a lot of people got in. Um, it's kind of it's kind of happening to me on like the manga side of things where the, there are these lot of new uh, things that are coming in where I'm like, I mean they're like they're fine. I don't see why they're getting like praised so much, but you know, they're all right. Oh, and that could just come down to like the next thing isn't for the people who have been here, mm-hmm. right? Like the star Wars prequels hit with the k- people who were kids then, right? Yeah. Not the people who were kids with the original. Um, 
And while I do like this and I like, like Hawkeye a lot, you know, Marvel now was very much geared to get new people on board. And so, like, you know, you have your investment already with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Maybe that investment means that you don't get super hooked in to Miss Marvel. Um, but, you know, it's, it's the swing Marvel has to take to stay relevant. And, well, and it was a good swing this time. Yeah. Uh, another swing they had was Riri Williams at the time. And yeah, like some that, like that, that didn't play out nearly as well because I, there weren't as strong of a foundation there. Yeah. Some characters hit some don't. Um, and it's one of those things where it's just like, keep throwing stuff at the wall. Like it, you have a character now coming on 10 years who has been in her own stuff, who has been in team books, who has he, her being in the video game they put her in because she was so successful in the comics, mm-hmm. whether or not that was a good adaptation. And now she's gained her own Disney plus show. So like and a movie and yeah, well she's sharing the movie, but yeah, well, that's still a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's cool to see new characters in such a like stagnant medium. A lot of the time, even if they don't necessarily hit to people who are already here. Cause I definitely have that with certain books too. Yeah. I mean, I think she's one of the big two that has succeeded in really making her own space, even if it's through a legacy name. Like, I really wish someone like America Chavez had gotten like a better push, something like that, just because it's like, oh, that's wholly original. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, maybe America will get America's also chugged along really well. And maybe it's one of those things where she doesn't start out the gate really well, but she gets that 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 muse behind her who mm-hmm. is just going to keep writing her character and putting her in things maybe maybe she just needs a champion so who knows what's uh, what you said she was one of the two characters who broke out her miles okay yeah, yeah. Her, her miles are the clear like two standouts of that era of getting new people in see it's weird i don't even associate miles with that era even though he that is when he transferred to the 616 because he started in the ultimate line. I, it had only been like a year or two earlier than that, though. Yeah, that's true. Better place for him to be. <laughs> had more room to himself. Well, I mean, I I definitely relate to that with, uh, I wish Ghost Spider stayed in Earth 6-5 more than she does. Yep. But, uh, and you know what? Miss Marvel started out in 616, so it doesn't hurt for her to stay there. Well, and she's in Jersey City. She has her own, she has her own spot. That's- Jersey City has its own Earth designation. <laughs> Earth JSY. <laughs> well, Joe, what are we reading? Oh, wait, wait. You want oh, we got some recommendations we got to give out. You go. I got to think of something. Kind of circling back to our what we read last time. If you like high school superheroes, having like a clean start that's an easy jumping on point, it's harder to get a better comic than Ultimate Spider-Man. However, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> we've spent five episodes talking about Ultimate Spider-Man. So I'm going to suggest another book um, where I really love the high school dynamics in it, and that's uh, Children of the Atom. There's just four issues. Vita Alla wrote it last year. It's about some mutant or human teenagers who really want to be mutants, and so they find some alien technology that allows them to um, pose as mutant superheroes, and it becomes just this really fun dynamic. I don't know if those characters will ever get anything else to do because COVID kind of messed that book up a bit, but it was really fun. So if you can track down those four issues, definitely recommend it. If you like a character and maybe you're an, uh, you, you want them to be a legacy character, uh, the all new Wolverine run that Tom Taylor did is pretty good at taking 
an already established character, but giving them their own mode, giving them their own, their own uh, side characters and cast to deal with. Yeah. And also while bringing in some A-listers to get people to pick up that issue of that, that month. Hello, Gambit. Hello, <laughs> Vampire Jubilee. <laughs> yeah. So, Miss Marvel, I'm, I'm, I'm giving, you a, giving you a thumbs up. Yeah, it's not it's not a it's not a strong exclamation for me, but it's a good end. This is definitely a good end if you are getting into comics, especially if you are, you know, a teenager and a fan of the MCU. I'd say these are all really good, uh, good things you can latch on to the character with. So, Joe, what am I reading next week? One moment. Khalil, that was that was the new Dr. Fate's name. Sorry. <laughs> I just remembered. Allow me to take my bow and arrow and shoot this over to you. Okay. So we're diving into green arrow. This is interesting. We were having a conversation the other day when we were talking about uh, big characters we haven't covered. Green arrow isn't exactly a big character. He's a B-lister. Yeah, but eventually I imagine we'd get to him. So this is the new 52 stuff. Yes. This is it's Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire. This is volume four of the Green Arrow run. And you may ask, Joe, why are you giving me volume four when we haven't tackled volume one? Apparently volumes one through three are god awful and disowned by like the entire Green Arrow fan base. And they suggested I start with volume four because Jeff Lemire started writing it and that's when it gets good. Okay. I was wondering, did Jeff Lemire? Because <laughs> No, I, it's not written by Jeff Lemire. <laughs> good. Because i uh, Full honesty, I've never read anything Jeff Lemire's written that I haven't liked, so I'm looking forward to this. We'll be back in two weeks with Green Arrow. What's it? The Kill Machine? Yeah, Volume Four. The what a Kill bad machine. title! <laughs> if you've liked what you've heard, you can follow us on the podcast platform that you're listening to on this very episode. You can give us a rating on that podcast platform. Tell us how much you like this episode, please. You can also email us at allnew52podcast at gmail.com with your suggestions and your feedback. Now we will be back in two weeks. Just flipping through, I have my first negative. (laughs) 